Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back. we got Stephanie Carson here on the line. Excited to have her back. How are you doing? How was your fourth? I'm doing well. It was uh, nice. We spent it with family watching uh, the barrage of <laughs> fireworks in the sky. It was beautiful. Oh, well, great. Nice well. Same here. Thank you so much. And for those that may not know who Stephanie Carson is, would you mind explaining to us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have a small private practice in Chino, California. And I work with couples, individuals, uh, families regarding a lot of different concerns and issues, stress, anxiety, depression, parenting issues, uh, marriage issues, trauma. Um, And then in addition to that, I also offer some holistic techniques, NET or neuroemotional technique, as well as EFT or emotional freedom techniques. And those are offered to people uh, throughout the United States and worldwide. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're excited to have you back. And could you also share the forms of contact? Thank you so much. Absolutely. So the website is always the best place to start just because you can get an overall idea of who I am and what I do. And that is holistictherapyandwellness.com. And then I also have an email, which is stephmft at verizon.net or the phone 909 364-1104. And that is confidential. So clients are free to leave as detailed of a message as possible. Awesome. Thanks so much. So for what did you want to discuss? I know we have a little bit of a recap in a sense, since it is our last show, Uh, but tell us a little bit about the techniques you use and how you can help people. Absolutely. So I know that uh, one of the things I'd like to just address a little bit is Um, Just mental health in general, I think, um, unfortunately, although we've come a really, uh, we've come a far cry, a far distance from where we used to be when it comes to the idea of mental health and mental health care. But I think there's still a lot of stigmas and myths out there that exist around it. And so I'd like to spend a few moments today just talking about what some of those are and trying to dispel some of those myths. And then I want to recap just a little bit about just the techniques that we utilized. But um, I know in a recent study that I was just looking at, which was done in 2020, especially during the COVID pandemic, we saw an upsurge of mental health issues. And some of them were, of course, depression and anxiety. We saw a lot of issues in terms of self-esteem and depression in young adults, especially kids and college-age students. Um, And I think sometimes people just make an assumption that mental health issues either won't happen to them, or if you're strong enough, meaning mentally strong enough, if you take care of yourself, then you'll be okay. And you're kind of, "I'm, I'm not going to have to ever deal with this. And the reality is in 2020, in that study, one out of five American adults experienced some form of mental health issue. Um, And out of those, it was one in six that were young people. And so when we say young people, we typically mean 18 and under. And again, we we do see it in our children. Um, Most children, about half of them will present with mental health issues if they're going to struggle with it by the age of 14. And three quarters will present with some form of mental health issue or diagnosis by the time they're 24. Um, And again, another myth around that is there's nothing I can do. You know, if it's in my family, it's in my family. Well, that's not true. And so one of the things that it's important for people to realize is there are things that we can do 
not necessarily to stop it all together. Um, it's kind of like when we look at it, you know, our brain is still a part of our body. So some people get diabetes, no matter how healthy they are. Some people get cancer, no matter what they've done to try to take care of their bodies. Some people get mental health issues and it's not a fact of, oh, it's, you're not strong enough. Or if you, ju- you could just, just will it out of your body, just get up and go, you know, or, well, you've got no reason to be depressed. Your life is great. What would you have something to be depressed about? And the reality is it isn't about any of that. You know, people can look like they have it all together and be dying on the inside. Um, you know, the whole smile until, you know, turn a frown is just a smile turned upside down. When you're dealing with depression, it's actually an internal state. And that's one of the things that I think sometimes people get confused is we use the word depressed almost as if it's an emotion. You know, I feel so depressed today. Oh, I'm just so depressed because I didn't get that job. No, you're sad. You're disappointed. You're upset. Rightfully so. But depression is a state of when our body, neurological, every part of our body is depressed, which means slowed down. down. Okay. Exactly. And so, you know, there used to be those commercials out there that talked, it said depression hurts. And there is actually some physical discomfort that comes with the state of being depressed. You know, people, the fatigue is so big. Um, I remember when I was struggling with my postpartum. I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And it's not because I just didn't want to. I physically felt like I had to use every ounce of energy that I had from the top of my head to the tips of my toes, just to force myself to pull those sheets off me and get up in the morning. Mm. And it is so incredibly difficult. And that's not just because I feel, oh, I'm going to be good today. Today, I'm going to get up. It's going to be a great day. I could tell myself that all I wanted to, Mm -hmm. but internally, I didn't feel like that was the case. And so when we see people struggling with um, issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, or in, any mental health issue, it isn't just uh, fake it till you make it. It can help. Mindset is huge when it comes to our overall mental health. But when we're struggling with mental illness, you can't will yourself to not have cancer or not have diabetes, but there's life changes you can make. There's treatments that you can do. And so that's what's important. And so when people are struggling with those mental health issues, it's getting some assistance. And that can be in the form of psychotherapy or talk therapy. Mm-hmm. It can be in the form sometimes of medication, you know, so working with a psychiatrist or a primary health care provider. It can be support groups. Um, it can be in some of those holistic techniques that I'll review with you, including things like Reiki, acupuncture and acupressure. We've seen amazing results in people dealing with different anxieties and depressive issues in terms of doing acupuncture and acupressure. It can be meditation, massage, um, yoga. You know, there's so exercise, getting outside. We know that the sunlight is in some cases just as powerful, if not more powerful than psychotropic medication because it can shift our brain. Okay. Right? I had some sun (laughs) yesterday. I'm like thinking about this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know what? I always tell my clients when you get up in the morning, the first thing I want you to do is open up those windows, let the natural light come in, get outside. Even if you can't be in the sunlight, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be surrounded by it. Because when you can give yourself that 
it's that yellow light and the yellow light deals with calming anxieties. It helps people feel more in control. It can soften feelings of anger. There's so many benefits that we have that sunlight offers wow. and it's natural and it's free. So that's like, that's the best case scenario, right? We all have access to it and it's free. So. It is. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay. We like that. If it's free, it's for me, we used to say. Yes. <laughs> so I think to kind of going back to that study is the other thing um, that it showed, and this is a sad statistic, and we're seeing this more and more, suicide in 2020. Suicide was the second top cause of death for young people between the ages of 10 and 24. Wow. Takes your breath away, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. When we think of 10 year olds, and I know you have two little boys, I mean, that it's heartbreaking because they don't have at that stage the cognitive ability to understand what death means and that it's permanent, Mm -hmm. but it speaks to how much pain they're in, how trapped they feel. They don't feel there's another way out. Now in their world, unfortunately, they think because especially with some of the, you know, the gaming and the technologies, you press that reset button and you just come back to life and you keep playing. And while those can be nice distractions for children that don't necessarily understand when you take your own life, you don't get it back. There's no reset button. Mm. Um, And it went all the way up to age 24, because again, like I said, college age students, we were seeing, we also saw a spike in, in elderly. And again, that was because during the COVID pandemic, people were isolated. You know, I think it really showed us how little we knew in terms of self-care, because when most of us think of, oh, if I'm having a bad day, you know, if my kid had a rough day, what do we do? Oh, let's go get some ice cream. Or let's go to dinner. I'm going to call my friends. We're going to go hang out at the local bar. We're going to go, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. All of those can be great things. The problem during COVID is we didn't have access to any of that. And so people didn't know what to do with the stress, the anxiety, the depression, all of the emotions that they were now dealing with, all of the family problems that they now had, they were literally stuck in the middle of it and there was no escape. And people didn't know what to do for themselves because we have so many external coping skills, but we don't know the internal. And so that's where the holistic techniques that I utilize really come in handy because those give clients the ability to address what's going on from an inside perspective. So you're getting healthy from the inside out. Um, And so that's a good, that's a good thing when it comes to mental health is it's not just about talk therapy. And I know a lot of people don't like doing that. Wow. And be other forms of therapy, including those holistic techniques that allow you to have a more balanced, healthy life. Beautiful. That's all we want, right? I mean, why not? Yes. We got to live our best life. I said that all over. I say it a lot, but after COVID. Yeah. Time to live our best life. We have to start doing those things that we keep putting off on the back burner, on the bucket list. It's like, you have to. You do. Yeah, you, you do. have to. Ugh. Yeah. It's hard. You know, I think life itself can be filled with joy and it can also be filled with a lot of sorrow. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, you know, we don't have the choice as to which life we get. 
but we do have a choice as to how we handle it when it's given to us. Meaning, um, you know, if some, if you experienced a tragedy, if there was um, something that you're encountering, if you're struggling even just with finding a job or keeping a job, or you're, again, you're dealing with mental health issues, you didn't choose that. You know, no one chooses those things for themselves, but it's our choice as to, can I handle this? And if I can, what am I going to do to change it? And if I can't, who can I ask for some support? And that's the thing is we all need support. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it does not matter again, what your life circumstances are, where you've come from, how much money you have, what your background is, who your parents are at the end of the day. It has to do with who we are, our personalities, our um, support systems, both internally, those coping skills, as well as the people that are available to us, our histories. So you can have two people that have the identical diagnosis and they're going to address it and handle it and respond to it in two very different ways. And it's not necessarily because one person is worse than the other. It might be the coping skills. It might be the support system. It might be their background. It might be trauma history. There's so many things that go into understanding a person's ability to bounce back. And there really is hope when you're looking at mental illness. So many times people are like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm stuck with it. This was the life I've been handed. And when you're in the middle of it, unfortunately, that's how it feels. But there are a lot of things. There are things out there that anyone has the ability to utilize. Um, And if it's not accessible to you, there's other avenues of finding things that can be. And like I said, some of them are just holistic practitioners and techniques that can assist because it's it's not a cookie cutter approach. One approach doesn't fix everything. There's not a pill for depression and a pill for anxiety and a pill for schizophrenia. We have medication to help support, but it doesn't fix the issue. You know, it's this, it has to be all inclusive and children are not immune. Children do struggle, you know, so it's, it's from birth all the way up until the day we pass. Anyone can have a struggle with mental health issues. And so knowing that there's people out there and things out there that can help to support them is key in this process and in this journey. And what made you get into this field? Could you tell us why you're so passionate? Tell us a little bit about your background for those that may not know. Yes. Well, the funny story is, as you know, a young teenage adolescent, I knew someone who was pursuing something in psychology and I thought he was adorable and he was cute. So I was like, "Ooh, I want to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for no other reason other than the cute boy that I liked, I thought I was like, oh, I want to uh-huh. do that because that must be awesome. Um, as I matured and I went into college, I was uh, doing a volunteer assignment when I was 19 years old during the summer and I was involved in a severe car accident. And I struggled with PTSD from that car accident. And it was a therapist mm-hmm. at my college counseling center that helped me to work through that trauma and to get back on track because I was having a lot of flashbacks. I was having nightmares. I was having a lot of those PTSD symptoms that were just terrifying. And I was a student at the time studying psychology. I was not yet a master's degree student, but I was studying psychology and I understood the brain, but I didn't understand what was happening to my brain. 
because I felt complete. I felt like I was coming out of my skin. You know, I'd be watching TV and the next thing I knew the TV was replaying the car accident that I had been in. So I wasn't seeing the TV anymore. I was seeing through that. So PTSD is a very real phenomenon. And that's one of the reasons why I think I've, that's a specialty of mine, which is trauma, because it is something that can be very overwhelming and very terrifying. And if you're not given some support through that, it can definitely be debilitating. So that experience for me was a positive one. Um, and then, like I said, just kind of moving through and going through life and other life circumstances. And then it was with dealing with infertility and miscarriages, miscarriage issues that my husband and I had. That's what took me into holistic healthcare because I realized that I, there, I was missing something. There were limitations in the treatment I was being offered and I didn't like how I felt out of control um, and I wanted to have some form of control. And even though, again, I had no control over the fact that sometimes I just couldn't, for whatever reason, I couldn't get pregnant. Or when I did, I just couldn't keep that baby. I did have control over what I did to try to deal with the emotions behind that. Um, and even to figure out if I can, what's going on. And so that's what led me into the holistic techniques. And I fell in love with those and see the benefit to it. So that's why I do that in my practice as well. Thank you for sharing that and remind us how we can reach out to you. Yes. So my website is holistictherapyandwellness.com and that's holistic with a W and that's because I treat the whole person. Um, you can email me at Steph MFT, that's M for marriage, F for family, T for therapist at Verizon.net or feel free to give me a call 909-364-1104 and leave a message. Perfect. Thank you so much. We still have some more time here. I wasn't wrapping you up. Uh, we have no, five more no. minutes. No, no, no. But I just, yeah, we just talked a lot. We didn't even get to reestablish who you are, people tuning in at different times. Um, what else did you want to share? I know this is your last show. Um, yeah, I want to hear more. Yes. So just to recap a little bit, the two main techniques that I know I talked about on previous shows, um, NET and EFT, and those are both energy-based techniques uh, NET stands for neuroemotional technique, and that is a technique that was developed by Dr. Scott Walker, and he is a chiropractor in San Diego, California, and he developed that technique after realizing that some of his patients, no matter how many adjustments they had, it wasn't holding, and so he looked at, you know, there's got to be something else going on here, so he started studying things, he got into some of the energy psychology, as well as acupuncture in the meridian system, mm -hmm. and from his work with that, his understanding of that, his study with that, he developed the neuroemotional technique, which allows practitioners, and they can be chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncturists, licensed mental health care workers, um, anyone who has a background in some form of healthcare and or mental health care. And it utilizes what we call manual muscle testing, which is that weird arm thing where we press on someone's arm. Mm -hmm. um, to, it's the reflex is what it is. So it's the same as I know we talked about this before, the patella reflex. When you go to the doctor and they, they hit your knee with that little... Um, What'd you call it that one time? I don't remember, Jill, you mentioned something. Oh, the Fred Flintstone little rubber thing. <laughs> it looks like that rubber mallet. <laughs> so when you, hit the, when you hit the patella, it's just that natural reflex. And so that's really what NET is, is it uses that manual muscle test to test the reflex to find out, is there a stressor in the body? Is it, you know, 
I'm okay losing weight and that arm goes down. It's that inhibited muscle test that indicates you're not okay with it. And it's not because you don't want to be. It's yeah. because maybe some part of your body just isn't okay with it. And so we're able to use it. Or for you, we were working with the wrist pain, the arm pain. And so sometimes there's going to be an emotional component to that pain. And so we're able to help clear that out just by holding those points. Um, and so one of the things too, I wanted to review with that is the fast technique that I showed you, which is where we access those points along the inside of the wrist connect them with the emotional points, which are on the forehead and do our breath just to help move it through. So that's a difference between NET, the fast technique and just meditation. When we're meditating, we're just breathing with the intention of relaxing. With the fast technique, which stands for first aid stress tool, we're breathing with the intention of releasing whatever the stressor is. So we're actually breathing out the stressor. So if you remember with the FAST technique, it can be as simple as someone, um, maybe your child talked back to you in the morning. You know, that happens kids. a lot, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I say the same thing with my daughter. I'm like, oh dear. In fact, I used to be a middle school teacher. And I remember a lot of times I just go to my desk and I'm like, oh my gosh, if only I knew to do this with the fast technique. So the fast technique involves one hand is your palm up. You take your other hand, you scoop it underneath that wrist, and then you find those points right underneath where that wrist bends. So the first point is really kind of right at that bend. You almost feel this little groove that you go underneath and your next, usually it works better without the watch. And then your next fingers go there. Then you take your hand horizontally across that forehead because you're connecting with those emotional points and then you just relax and you breathe and we do it on both sides because the meridian system so the meridians are different on one side of the body versus the other and so that's a really good holistic technique that clients can use on themselves they do not need a practitioner to be able to lead them through it um, and if clients who are listening right now, if, if listeners want to look it up, you can actually go to firstaidstresstool.com and there's a video there, a psychologist shows how we utilize the technique. And so it really is as simple as just identifying what is the stressor, what is the emotion you're feeling, where do you feel it in your body? You just kind of take a moment to notice it. If you can, you rate it on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is not distressing at all. 10 is, yeah, I'm not doing very well. And once you have that, that's when you, we, we call it connecting or hooking up. And so then you scoop under, you get those points, you put your hand over your forehead, relax the shoulders, because that gets us into that limbic brain, which is our emotional center. And we just breathe and you can breathe as normally as you want to, as you need to, as feels comfortable. And you stay there for as long as you need until it feels like it's shifted. Let's say sometimes it becomes neutral where you're not feeling anything. And then you switch sides. And it's always important to do it on both sides again because the meridians. Sometimes one side feels better than the other. So I tell clients, if you have a difference, end on the side that feels better. So maybe you start on the first side and it's like, this isn't working. This is ridiculous. Oh my gosh, Stephanie's a quack. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and then we move to the other side and there's a flood of emotion that comes up. And so you allow that emotion to come up. We don't want you disengaging because then you're trapping that emotion. So you, it's coming up. We want it to come up and come out and you just keep breathing. And we go back to the other side 
if that felt better and take a few more deep breaths and help us to re-regulate ourselves. So that's NET, that's the FAST technique. Okay, wow. The other ben. technique that we talked about last time was EFT, which was tapping. So that's the emotional freedom techniques. And that's the stuff we talked about with all the weird points all over the face, right? And that's again, based on those acupoints that also come from just the meridian system, we're just tapping on different points. And we utilize that as a way to help our bodies move through stress, trauma, anxiety, phobias, cravings, addiction. We can set life goals for ourselves. Yeah. Maybe you have a public speaking event coming up and you want to feel confident in yourself. So those are things that we can actually set goals for yeah. and help clients move towards. Great. And the cool thing about EFT is you can do it virtually on the phone in person. And people can also self-tap if they don't want to work with a clinician to do it practitioner assisted. They can self-tap and there's a lot of videos online to follow for that all right thank you so much remind us how we can reach you please yeah. yes so holistic therapy and wellness.com is the website uh phone number 909-364-1104 or feel free to send an email to stephmft at verizon.net thank you so much pleasure having you here and i'm sure we'll connect thank one you. day in the future if not here okay I hope Thank you so. for being Thank awesome. You so I appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye, hon. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes, how could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single, boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.